is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Just to be clear to all the candidates and would-be candidates out there, this isn't your program. This isn't the GOP, you know, channel. Um... We try and bring candidates on who contact us who have something to say. But I don't run this show as a conga line for candidates. Just to kill time. Uh, sometimes I'm friends with the candidate, so out of respect I'll do it. Sometimes, you know, a candidate's second, third place. It's worth a shot. But if you're at 5% or under, 4% or under... That maybe we'll bring you on and maybe we won't. We don't bring candidates on all the time. And most of the time, the candidates contact us. And if I put on, ladies and gentlemen, candidates who want to come on this program every time they ask, we would have a candidate every day, five days a week. Would we not, Mr. Producer? Would you listen to that? Would you even want to listen to that? I don't. So I figure you don't. So we try and spread it out from time to time. And I would say this, what we are learning here is that some of these candidates have campaign staffs that are really whip smart, on the ball, and some of them have arrogant putzes. Now, I'm not going to get into who right now, but it really is amazing. We've asked two or three times he wouldn't bring us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do I owe you something? It's not a matter of keeping people off. It's a matter of keeping listeners. There's a lot going on in this country. It's not my job to make sure your candidate does better in the polls. It's my job to inform my audience, who's been with me for over 20 years, about what I think are the priorities going on in this country. 
the threats we face, which are infinite. I just wanted to make that clear to them. Now, the Wall Street Journal, several decades ago, 30 years ago, I think, give or take. Yeah, it was 2002, actually. Took the position that we should have open borders. The late, great Robert Bartley. He was the journal's editor for many decades before Paul G. Gott stepped in. And on July 3, 2000, he wrote a piece in the editorial page, and it was titled, Liberty's Flame Beacons a Bit Brighter. They said, it's one of this newspaper's proud little traditions. On the 4th of July, we offer an editorial salute to immigration. Back in the immigration debate of 1984, we proposed a five-word constitutional amendment. There shall be open borders. We have repeated this periodically since under our editorial headline invoking Liberty's Torch, the rekindled flame. Has that worked, this open border stuff? I would ask the Wall Street Journal editorial page. We've now had experience with it under Joe Biden. Is that a good thing? Hundreds of thousands dead from drug overdoses, including fentanyl. Drug cartels controlling our border. Sex trafficking of women and little children. The government unable to track young people who come into this country, even though they're supposed to track them. them, Putting them out as fast as they can into the general public where they're now being basically indentured servants. Can anybody think of anything good that's come out of open borders? So the Wall Street Journal editorial page in the radical position was 100% wrong. But this is the mentality. Maybe they've changed their view, but this is the mentality they started with. That Paul G. Gott, the individual there who now is the editorial... Listen, I've known Paul G. for decades. We don't really talk. But when he calls me Mark Levin, when he knows it's Levin, I'll call him Paul G. Right, Mr. Producer? So here's this editorial, July 6, 2023, in the Wall Street Journal. DeSantis' crackdown will exacerbate the state's labor shortage while doing nothing to fix Biden's border failures. Florida Governor, they really like Chris Christie. They want Chris Christie to be the nominee. They would do anything for Chris Christie. They would, Peggy Noonan, I'll get to her later with her piece. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' economic record may be the biggest selling point of his presidential campaign, yet he's doing neither his state nor his campaign a favor with an immigration crackdown that looks excessive and may do economic damage in the fast-growing state. Now, most of these guys who write, without even putting their names on these editorials, they're built like pears, upside-down pears. Do you know what I mean, Mr. Producer? Which can happen if you sit too long. And I don't know the last time Paul G. Gott has been to the border or not, quite frankly. Mr. DeSantis signed legislation in May that he claimed would combat 
Biden's border crisis. But the law, which took effect, uh, let's see here, last week does nothing to stem the flood of migrants taking advantage of the Biden lax border last week, does nothing to stem the flood of migrants taking advantage of the Biden uh, situation. How do they know this? Didn't they just say he just signed it into law, Mr. Producer? Well, they're prescient. The law requires employers with 25 or more workers to use the U.S. government's E-Verify system to confirm the legal status of new hires. Those who don't could be fined $1,000 a day. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, either you're going to have a law and enforce it or you're not. Businesses that knowingly employ undocumented immigrants can have their state licenses and permits revoked. Many employers may lay off workers they suspect are illegal to protect themselves. Isn't that a good thing? This sounds like a great law, by the way. I guess that's why people are pouring into Florida, not Manhattan, where the Wall Street Journal editorial page is housed. An estimated 772,000 undocumented immigrants. This is how they write. Wall Street Journal. Not illegal aliens. Undocumented immigrants. They talk like the left. Lived in Florida in 2018, many of whom have been there for years and contribute significantly to the state economy. Here you go. Construction, agriculture, hospitality depend heavily on undocumented workforces. Not least because of a shortage of U.S. workers for such lower wage and unskilled jobs. Don't we hear this endlessly, America? How many more aliens is it going to take for the Wall Street Journal and the other border pacifists to be bitten by reality? How many more millions and millions of aliens is it going to take? They use the same line every time. Jobs Americans won't do. If you have liberty and tyranny, dust it off. Dust it off and go to the immigration chapter. With this entire ruse about Americans won't do these low-skilled, unskilled, low-paying jobs is a lie. It is a flat-out lie. It is a stereotype, a negative stereotype of Americans. Employers in these industries are reporting that they have been losing long-time employees and can't find new ones to replace them. Well, why did they hire them in the first place? And when they hired them illegally, why didn't they take steps to bring them through the legal process? Is that the fault of a governor who's trying to secure his state? It is the Wall Street Journal, after all, not the Main Street Journal. Many workers who are here illegally are worried they will be found out. And some are moving to other states. A quarter to half of workers have reportedly gone missing from some construction sites in South Florida. The main reason for that is what? Florida will not will not honor driver's license given to illegal aliens in other states because it does not give driver's licenses to illegal aliens. That is identification for a lot of reasons, including voting. Florida's a top producer, tomatoes, oranges, avocados. Yet about half the crop farm workers lack legal immigration status. Now, how do they know that? And if they know that, how is it that all these illegal, excuse me, undocumented workers are here? 
the thumbing of your nose at the law just because it's immigration law, just because you have policies that you have believed for decades that are so radical and so damaging to the nation that you don't believe that a governor should secure his border to protect the people who are in his state is obnoxious. We can have legal immigration, but not as long as the border is open. Nothing's legal. Maybe the Wall Street Journal can tell us how many members of the drug cartels from Central and South America are in Miami. There are other cities in Florida. How much fentanyl is in Florida as a result of the failure to secure the border? How many unreported crimes, I can play this game, have occurred in Florida as a result of these open border policies? They don't care and they don't know. One grower in Homestead told Natokas Telemundo, oh, that's great, that she has struggled to find workers since the law passed. Quote, South Florida's economy here in Homestead is agriculture. Most of them we know are undocumented, she said. Who's going to harvest? You know, we even have visa laws. My wife used to work in this field. This wasn't her area, but it was one of the things she was responsible for as a deputy general counsel for a company. There's like scores of various types of visas that can be given out, including for harvesting, you know, farming, seasonal visas and so forth. And they are used. And people use them. And the Wall Street Journal editorial page knows this, but doesn't communicate it to you. Part of the problem is that these are temporary visas. And after they're done, they don't leave. So according to the Wall Street Journal, just keep bringing people in. Don't enforce any of the laws. Don't enforce any of the visa requirements and limitations. Just keep the cycle going and going and going and going. Because they'll talk about the farms, but they don't go to the farms. They'll talk about the border, but they don't go to the border. Demand for services and housing are surging amid Florida's population boom. That means more workers are needed to build homes, change hospital beds, serve nursing home patients meals, keep restaurants open. Listen to how stereotypical and they sound like radical. They sound like AOC trashing the American people. They sound like Bernie Sanders. You see, you Americans, (coughs) excuse me, you don't want to build homes. But for immigrants, particularly legal immigrants, we wouldn't—excuse <laughs> me—we wouldn't be building homes, we wouldn't be changing hospital beds, wouldn't be serving nursing home patients, we wouldn't have our restaurants open. What kind of crap is this? This will dent the state's economic expansion, which has produced a jobs and tax revenue boom, and an affordable standard of living for nearly everyone. And it goes on. It's really quite. Detestable. Santos is right to lambaste the Biden administration and Congress for their immigration failures. They polarized the issue politically, made solutions much more difficult. Makes no sense for Mr. DeSantis to punish his own state, even as he vows to clean up the mess in Washington. Why don't you clean up the mess in the editorial page room at the Wall Street Journal? And why don't you tell the American people you favor open borders? 
You attack Biden from time to time, but Biden's only doing what you lectured about a couple of decades back. Really appallingly stupid piece. You could do better than that. I mean, there's like six of you sit around a table. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Lot to get to here, and I want to promise you I'm going to get to it, including this Rudy Giuliani stuff that's absolutely appalling. Why is Chris Christie... On all these TV shows and radio shows. Can somebody please explain that to me? What is he, 1% of the polls? Is it because he hates Donald Trump and hates DeSantis? And what, what is it? And the guy never leaves the eastern seaboard. You know, Biden is said to campaign from his basement, which is true. But can't Christie be said to be campaigning from his refrigerator? How many times has he gone west of the Mississippi? I'm quite serious. Why is he on radio and TV all the time? He's a blowhard. I said before, he's the political equivalent to the Hindenburg. Can anybody think of anything profound this man has ever done or said? Given all the time he gets? Okay, more when I return. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. The Wall Street Journal editorial I just read to you is indicative 
of the problem within the Republican Party. And this is why the Democrat Party is really the state party. Because the level of opposition from the Republican Party is really meek, feeble. When you have organs like the Wall Street Journal and others that really are peddling special interests for big business and globalists while pretending to sort of walk this fine line, pro-legal immigration. No, they're pro-open borders, despite the attacks on Biden. Because when push comes to shove, when a conservative does something that actually is going to impact what's going on in this culture, they attack them. They attack them. And I've told you this over and over again. This is why they hate Trump. This is why they actually hate DeSantis. But they love McConnell. And they loved McCain. They love Romney. Herein lies the problem. The Democrat Party, in the end, unites and plays for keeps. They will throw people in prison if they have to. They'll do whatever they have to do. Here we have a strong bill, a very well-developed bill, a very well-thought-out bill, passed by the Florida legislature that represents the people here, signed by the governor, and of course they think he goes too far. Too far on what? Well, they're looking out for the farmers, don't you know? Well, are they looking out for the taxpayers? Are they looking out... For the victims of crime? Are they looking out for the victims of, of drugs? Are they looking out for the little kids on the border who are being sold into sex slavery? Are they looking out for any of them? Because they have a funny way of showing it. Not one damn word about it in their editorial. How about the taxpayers of Florida who foot the bill for everything? They looking out for them? Not at all. And the condescension in this editorial. The anti-Americanism. About hardworking Americans. I invite Paul G. Go to come with me and go to the places I go in Florida and Virginia. The diners I go into, which are multifold, ask my wife. The places where we buy food. I would like him to come with me and see who's working in these places. Oh, yes, there are people who speak Spanish. That doesn't mean they're illegal aliens. But they're people, third, fourth, fifth generation Americans who don't speak Spanish, whose ancestors never did. And the idea that we would starve to death, that all our restaurants would shudder, that there'd be no hospital care if we didn't have open borders or something akin to it, is blasphemous against the American people. This damn editorial page. This is what you'll get with a Chris Christie. Who has no chance in hell. And yet they keep promoting him the media. Why? Because he trashes Trump. And DeSantis. Between Trump and DeSantis. That's approximately 75 to 80 percent of the Republicans who favor one or the other. 75 to 80% of the Republicans. Not Chris Christie. 
Any other laggards in the polls? I know polls change, but it's not that we're out of touch. It's that they're out of touch. They don't move the editorial page to El Paso, Texas, or to McAllen, Texas. Do it. How hard would it be? Do it. We get more serious reporting from that long article that was in the New York Times by that brave woman who could have been fired by the New York Times. And it was long. You remember that article, Mr. Producer? It went on and on. They interviewed hundreds and hundreds of individuals, including these kids who came into the United States. 85,000 of them that they can't even track anymore. Who are working 12, 14, 15 hours a day cleaning dishes. Wall Street Journal says, well, what would we do without them? We'd have dirty dishes. <coughs> Give a damn about these kids. The great thing about this country is we Americans, we always find a way. <laughs> Who was it that built the Industrial Revolution? Who was it that built the United States of America? Of course, with the assistance of some immigrants, but it's the American people who did these things. Not foreigners. The American people. Who built the Panama Canal? Oh, there were some foreigners. The American people built the Panama Canal, the Hoover Dam. Every damn thing you look at. including most of the skyscrapers where these jerks live and, and work and write their damn editorials. That editorial, how they look down on you and the American people. It's condescending. Of course they support Chris Christie because he is too, same personality. I want to talk about Rudy Giuliani. And by the way, this is why the Democrats win and we lose. The New York Times, Washington Post, and the rest of the frauds, phonies, and morons in the media that support the Democrats, they would never write an editorial like that about Gavin Newsom or the rest of them. It's because the Wall Street Journal doesn't represent conservatism. It represents corporatism. Corporatists, as I used the term 15 years ago, probably. Corporatists. These aren't people who believe in the market system. You know, you and me, we have to subsidize the music. According to the Wall Street Journal, so-called, you know, free market Wall Street Journal there, you and I, through higher taxes for our schools, for hospitals, for law enforcement, you and I are supposed to subsidize big pharma and big business because they want cheap labor. And by God, legal or illegal, they ought to get it, right? No, the editorial that should be written is, why are our rules so oppressive that it makes it difficult to hire Americans? Why? 
the environmental rules, the labor rules. It's the red tape. But you and I, but you, Mr. and Mrs. America, you are supposed to subsidize the wealthiest corporations in America. The corporatists, whether it's agribusiness or whatever it is. Through the effects that illegal immigration has on your communities, that it has on your schools, on law enforcement, that it has on hospitals closing and so forth. Why don't they do that piece on hospitals closing, going broke because of all the illegal immigration? Why don't they do that piece on heightened crime because we don't know who the hell's coming into this country? Why don't they do that piece on sex trafficking on the border when you have open borders on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal? Sellouts. Sellouts. Rudy Giuliani. America's mayor, remember? America's mayor. 9-11. America's mayor. Tremendous mayor. I mean, you could walk almost anywhere in New York City. The squeegee shakedown artists were gone. The shoplifters were gone. Even the most low-level crimes that affect the quality of life and community after community in the city. It was all but gone. You didn't have to keep looking over your shoulder. The police were not only respected, they were supported. People served time in prison. When he was the U.S. attorney, he broke the mob. Rudy Giuliani is a tremendous patriot. He's given his life to public service. Early on, he and I didn't really get along very much. But he and I have become very good friends. And I haven't spoken to him in months. Not intentionally, it's just there are things that go on. I haven't spoken to a lot of people in months. But then I come across this piece today. Disciplinary panel cause for Rudy Giuliani's disbarment. Of all the ambulance chasing, slip and fall, rat fink lawyers out there, of all the sleazeball lawyers who shake down businesses and buy homes along the ocean in Florida and California by getting 35% of whatever they recover from the victims of all the crap lawyers in the Democrat Party who bring frivolous lawsuits and try and destroy our voting system, of all the crap lawyers in this country They're going to disbar Rudy Giuliani? What did Rudy Giuliani do that was so horrendous? Well, let's check out the liberal site Politico. Kyle Cheney and Gosh, Josh Gerstein. That name sounds familiar. A Washington, D.C.-based bar discipline committee concluded today that Rudy Giuliani should be disbarred for, quote, frivolous and, quote, destructive efforts 
to derail the 2020 presidential election in support of former President Donald Trump. He claimed massive election fraud, but had no evidence of it, the three-member panel declared in a 38-page decision. By prosecuting that destructive case, Mr. Giuliani, a sworn officer of the court, forfeited his right to practice law. Trying to overturn an election? He should forfeit the practice of law? This is new, isn't it? All the lawyers who were involved in the criminal conspiracy to stop Donald Trump from being sworn in with Russia collusion and the like, how many of them were disbarred? How many in the Elias law firm were disbarred? Was Hillary Clinton disbarred? James Comey disbarred? That rat fink under James Comey, was he disbarred? How about the general counsel of the FBI, was he disbarred? So Rudy Giuliani says the election was stolen. And he tries to go to court to prove it. And for this he's going to be disbarred? There's a group out there made up of left-wing, radical, Marxist-like lawyers. They call themselves Group 65 or what have you. And they have been filing ethics complaints about vir- against virtually every lawyer who was involved in challenging the election. Rudy Giuliani. Um, our friend, Ellis. Of course, John Eastman's public enemy number one. But there's a long list. A long list of lawyer advocates who've been accused of obstructing an election, trying to overthrow an election. I see. So when these little Democrat bastards went to the floor of the House of Representatives and challenged the electoral votes against George W. Bush in 2000, no problem. When these little Democrat bastards went to the House floor and challenged the 2016 election of Donald Trump, no problem. And all the lawyers and staffers who were involved in that, no problem. They weren't trying to overthrow an election. All these same bums who went into the states and changed the election laws. No problem. They weren't trying to change an election. Of course not. Donald Trump can't even hire lawyers anymore because they know they're going to face disciplinary boards and committees. And you want to know who made up this disciplinary committee? had sent its report to a bigger committee? You want to know who? Two Washington, D.C. lawyers and one Washington, D.C. resident. What do you think of that, America? More on this when I return. Mark Levin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, 
Average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. So here's Rudy Giuliani caught in a Democrat city. He's caught in a Democrat city in New York as well. Washington, D.C. and New York, and the Democrats want to destroy his career take his livelihood away because they don't agree with him and they dress it up as an ethics issue and they dress up what they're doing self-righteously as a disciplinary issue and that Rudy so threatened the campaign excuse me the election because he went to court you know we know that threatens everything if you don't believe the Democrat Party doesn't hate America then maybe you, and I talk to the liberals out there, maybe you're the ones that dropped the cocaine off in the White House. The Democrat Party hates America. This is the Democrat Party. I even discuss some of this in the book. That's how incredibly wide-ranging this book is. Unbelievable. And by the way, I want to thank Costco. They came in today. And they've ordered over 90,000 copies of the books. So really, it was only Target that said it wasn't going to put it in its stores. And Target has now said that it will. But we're monitoring all of this. Because the pushback by the left is what it is. Or is what it's going to be. They don't like the title. They'll hate the book. And that's fine by me. This is an evisceration of the Democrat Party like there never has been. And I thought to myself, why not? Why hasn't there been? Because people are afraid. Or they don't put one-on-one together. These things don't just happen. The Department of Justice doesn't just go along going after Republicans and so forth. Abortion on demand isn't in the Constitution. Who's pushing that? Open borders? In addition to the Wall Street Journal, that's a big push by the Biden administration and the Democrats. Who pushed eugenics 120 years ago? How did that happen? How did it all happen? I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, folks. Welcome back. Thank you. On this Friday evening, the uh, Peggy Noonan piece is quite pedantic, very long. I honestly believe every syllable she writes, she writes to impress herself. I'm not impressed. But that said, that's beside the point. But I'm going to cut into the middle of it because uh, we only have two hours left. She cites the great Paul Johnson, who was a tremendous historian. Pro the West. Pro-American. Pro-Israel. And um, she says that uh, she cites him for his comments about Napoleon. Napoleon. She says it should be noted... Should your mind be going there that Donald Trump isn't Napoleon, who was a serious man, or or anyone else? He's a one-off, and of his time. But Johnson writes at the cult of Napoleon in a way that is now pertinent. As he rose, Johnson wrote, the English intellectuals, if that is too fancy a term, were divided. Lord Liverpool was a young man who witnessed the French Revolution, and never got over its horrors, located his place in history. Napoleon was the man who took a violent French mob and turned it into an army that terrorized Europe. William Wordsworth protested his cruel treatment of the peasants in occupied countries. Samuel Taylor uh, saw him as a threat to democratic freedoms. The evil genius of the planet, Edmund Burke, was, of course, Napoleon's most powerful literary foe. Others, still captivated by the revolution, the French Revolution, saw him as its residual heir. Some hated monarchy and welcomed Bonaparte as an enemy of the British throne. Some admired him more as a criticism of British institutions and ruling personalities than an approval of his doings. She says the poets, John Keats, Percy Shelley, saw him as a romantic hero, a daring breakthrough, a breakthrough artist of history. But Paul Johnson thinks they were influenced by the work of Napoleon's paid propagandists, especially the painters Jacques-Louis David. And I, I don't know how to pronounce French or even say names in French. The cold of Bonaparte was originally wide, but it didn't last, Johnson writes. It had power in the moment, but it passed. Reality settled in. History made its judgments. The cult has changed the subject or added nuance when pressed to explain their previous support. But Johnson sees in Napoleon's cult the beginning of something, the rise of mass and effective political propaganda. Quote, in the 20th century, this infatuation was to occur time and again. George Bernard Shaw, that brilliant man, fell for Stalin, became his willing dupe. Norman Mailer and others worshipped Castro. French intellectuals celebrated Mao. The Irish writer Fenton O'Toole wrote in the New York Times in 2017 of Shaw's loyalty to Stalin. By the way, if you ever read Shaw's interview of Stalin as I have, it is pathetic. It's sick. But let's go on. 
In political cults, there is the, quote, tendency to fantasize. You know where this is going, but I want to, I don't want to address it. There's the same impatience with the messiness and inefficiency of democracy. It leads to the same crush on the strongman leader who can cut through the irrelevant natterings of parliaments and parties. Back to now, she writes. Chris Christie could easily defeat Joe Biden. See what I mean, Mr. Bidusi? Because he's friends with her and she with him. Why didn't she just say that? And of course, cults of personality. Well, there's one right there. Chris Christie could easily defeat Joe Biden. So could several of the GOP candidates now in the field. Donald Trump wouldn't. For one big reason. His special superpower is that he's the only Republican who will unite and rally the Democratic base and drive independence away. He keeps the Biden coalition together. Now, let's stop there for a minute. There's no way to know any of this. Period. She believes Donald Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. So she can say this till the day she dies. That he's the only one who could lose. When we looked at the polls, the polls are meaningless today. And national polls are absurd. We have an electoral college. We elect presidents state by state. Not in a national popular vote, but it doesn't matter. She goes, the sad thing is that many bright Trump supporters sense this in the case against him, but can't concede it and break from him. In some cases, because they fear him and his friends. I don't know who she's interviewed or how she knows this, because she's hated Trump from the beginning. They don't want to be a target. They don't want to be outside the in-group. They want to be safely inside. So all of you who support Trump, Many of you blue-collar workers, your problem is you want to be seen, not because of your beliefs, not because you think he might be the best president, having seen how he could handle the country in one term, but because of your psychological issues. They carry favor. This weekend at a party, one of Mr. Trump's New York supporters, a former office holder, quickly made his way to me to speak of his hero. He referred to the Abraham Accords and the economy and said, surely you can admit he was a good president. It was all wound up, so I spoke slowly. Oh, aren't you nice? Just like the editorial page, the condescension is dripping. And for what? You're not particularly intelligent. For what? She said, I will tell you what he is. He is a bad man. I know it, and if I were a less courteous person, I would say that you know it, too. Well, he was startled, didn't reply, and literally took a step back. Because I think he does know it, but doesn't ever expect it to be said. That's because you're so brave, Peggy. You and ruling class elitists and their surrogates, you're so brave. She supports Chris Christie. Let's go on. A journalist in our cluster, it's a cluster what, Mr. Producer? Said musingly, that was an excellent example of apophysis. The rhetorical device of saying something by saying you're not going to say it. Oh, so clever. We all moved on, but that was the authentic sound of a certain political dialogue. Surely you can admit he made France great again. 
Now, he's a bad man. Its antecedents stretch back in history. Political cults are never good, she says. Often rise, always pass. May at this time come sooner rather than later. And so, of course, she's all in favor. Whatever it takes to take out Trump. She is so blind to the events swirling around her, obsessed with her hate for Donald Trump. Notice she didn't say Ron DeSantis by name, Tim Scott by name, Vivek by name, Nikki Haley by name, Mike Pence by name. No, it's Chris Christie. And this is what motivates Chris Christie. Maybe 20 or 30 of these sorts of people in, in Manhattan and northern New Jersey. Maybe even parts of Connecticut. Let me explain something to you, Peggy Noonan. Our country's in, under attack. And not by Donald Trump, who isn't even in the presidency. The Democrat Party is destroying this country by design. It's destroyed our immigration system. Although I guess the, the old Wall Street Journal would applaud it. It's at war with capitalism. It's embraced anti-Semitics, anti-Semitism rather. It has embraced racism and affirmative action against Asians. The Democrat Party believes <clears throat> our children, through their surrogates, the teachers union, should be taught about sex organs should be asked if they have the right sex organs should have graphic books in the elementary school library on what people do with sex organs and without parental notification the democrat party owns the department of justice as the department of justice memo demonstrated when they went after parents of all parties and backgrounds for objecting to all these practices at their school boards. They unleashed the full power of federal law enforcement. That memo went to the FBI. It went to the National Security Unit. It went to the Criminal Division. It went to the U.S. Attorney's Offices. And the hotline they provided was the Domestic Terrorism Hotline. Should anybody have a concern about parents protesting? We're being spent into bankruptcy. Spent into bankruptcy. Oh, sure, the Republicans have contributed to it, but nothing like this. Republicans spend like drunken liberals. Democrats spend like drunken Marxists, just like they are. Our foreign policy has fallen apart. China's preparing for war. China's going to have an advantage geographically and at some point militarily. It's gaining that advantage over our materials and geographically. Iran is threatening Israel with nuclear weapons. They weren't doing this effectively. All over the world, our enemies kind of stood still when Donald Trump was president. And peace broke out between Israel and former enemies. North Korea stopped shooting missiles. China didn't even burp about preparing for war against the United States. 
Russia had no inkling about invading Ukraine while Donald Trump was president. The withdrawal from Afghanistan happened under the Democrats. The Democrats have destroyed our cities. They oppose school choice. They oppose law enforcement. They oppose sending recidivist criminals to prison. They destroyed women's sports. Despite its protection under Title IX of the Civil Rights Act. They're destroying our voting system. They're at war with the Supreme Court, undermining its credibility. They want to add four new Democrat senators permanently to the Senate so the Republicans can never win, even if your precious Chris Christie's running. They're corrupt. Biden is corrupt. And you attack Donald Trump. This is more than a culture war. It's worse. It's worse. The Democrat Party is the state party. It's the government party. When the Republicans were in power, and you know what, Peggy? I supported Reagan long before you did, when you were still working for Dan Rather as a Democrat. In 76 and 80. You came along a little bit later, you might recall. That same bureaucracy that tried to undo Trump tried to undo Reagan. At every turn. They sabotage Republicans because they work for the Democrats. And the Democrats will continue to expand the bureaucracy and fund the bureaucracy because it is the bureaucracy. And I could go on and on. I don't care about who you meet at your Tony parties. You little little clever fortune cookie statements where you're trying to embarrass people. That doesn't take any class. In fact, that's no class. But you're not an intellectual heavyweight. None of you folks are on that editorial page. You see tyranny. You even see totalitarianism. And you blame Donald Trump and his supporters. Pathetic. Unconscionable. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. So, according to the Wall Street Journal's Peggy Noon, and Trump is worse than Napoleon. 
According to the Wall Street Journal editorial page, DeSantis blew it by signing legislation that secures the border. According to the Wall Street Journal, Peggy Noonan, if only all of you would line up behind Chris Christie, then we'd win. And they speak for the Republican establishment. If Donald Trump's the nominee, he might lose. But that's not because of him. It's because of us. We the people. We the people. If DeSantis is the nominee, he might lose too. And that's not because of him. It's because of us. And I don't mean you. Because there's a shrinking number of people who understand or care about this country. Donald Trump is the most persecuted man in American history. Two impeachments. Half a dozen criminal investigations. Seven or eight grand juries. Taxes leaked by the IRS. Family under investigation. Businesses under investigation. And of course, they pile on. It's easy to pile on. I bet history will say I'm right, Peggy. That you're just another one of the rhetorical bomb throwers. By the way, Peggy, if you want to do parallels, check Beria. Check out Barry and several of his speeches, and then think about Jack Smith, the so-called special prosecutor in Washington, D.C. I think you'll see a lot of similarities in terms of mindset. <coughs> if you dare, I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877 381 3811. See, folks, many of these people used to love me because I'm a Reaganite. I campaigned for Reagan in 76 and 80. Served in his administration for eight years. I think, what a fantastic presidency. Reagan had a completely different personality than Trump. Um, although I would say the wonderful Nancy Reagan... She was tough. Tough. I think she'd want to fight back the way Trump does. But that aside, 
These are two great presidents with completely different personalities. So what? So what? Donald Trump didn't turn the IRS against his political opponents like Obama did. Like Johnson did. Like Kennedy did. Like FDR did. Donald Trump didn't use the IRS against his political opponents. He didn't use the FBI against his political opponents. Like Johnson did. Peggy wants some history. I'll educate her. Like John Kennedy did. Like FDR did. Trump didn't use the CIA against his political opponents like LBJ did. And Johnson did. Trump didn't use the powers of the executive branch against any of his political opponents the way Obama did, Hillary did, and Biden is. Trump didn't defy any court orders, not one. Trump didn't try to legislate from the Oval Office. Trump improved our border situation, our foreign policy situation, forced NATO to actually muscle up, build up our military, back law enforcement, fought anti-Semitism on college campuses, stood firmly with Israel. Do you know Joe Biden still has not invited Netanyahu to the White House? Still hasn't. I'm waiting for the editorial from the Wall Street Journal on that one. Or Peggy, maybe. Napoleon? Napoleon. For all the talk of Trump not accepting the election results, Trump left office. He didn't call in the military. He didn't call in any of the multiple armed departments of the federal government. They have no evidence of that because he didn't do it. They don't have any direct link between Trump and any of the violence that occurred in the Capitol building. They worked hard, that January 6th committee, like a good little Stalinist operation. And they're Barry a clone, Mr. Smith. More like Mr. Smith goes to Moscow than Mr. Smith goes to Washington. He won't find any direct link either, although he'll work very hard to threaten witnesses, so-called, with long prison sentences if they don't cough something up. None of this bothers Peggy. Napoleon? Donald Trump didn't try and change the Senate to add Republican senators. Although he talked about it, he never lifted a finger on the filibuster. Donald Trump didn't talk about expanding the court if he didn't get his way and trash the justices one by one and the court over and over and over again, resulting in protests at their homes and their restaurants and a life-threatening potential attack on one sitting justice. Or unlike Schumer, Donald Trump never called out two justices and encouraged the mob to go get them. 
What exactly did Donald Trump do to piss off these people? He won the election. He won the election. He beat whoever their guy was. He didn't follow the Paul Ryan agenda. He didn't follow the Mitch McConnell agenda. He was there to stir the pot. He was there to fight back. He was there to change the rules. And so they came after him, and they still do. The permanent bureaucracy, the Democrats. The permanent prosecutors, the Democrats. The permanent Washington, New York media, the Democrats. And their Trump-hating, lapdog Republicans. Not all of them. But you know, these self-righteous ones who show up at these social events and they really give a what to and a what for to these to these reprobates who still support Trump. And so they're not much different than the Democrats in many respects. They hate you too. Here we could win this election, they say, but for you. But for you Americans who will not support Chris Christie. Mr. 1%. I mean, even Biden was Mr. 10%. Imagine if we could unite and fight these forces on the left. The enemy is the Democrat Party. Whether it's slavery or segregation. Lynchings in the Klan. Yes. Poll taxes, literacy tests, and God knows what else in Jim Crow South. It's the Democrat Party. Eugenics, the Democrat Party. 1940, Franklin Roosevelt, the great Franklin Roosevelt, refused to sign an anti-lynching bill, a federal bill. Trump would have signed that in two seconds. That's why Joe Lewis voted for Thomas Dewey and campaigned for him. It's true. The Federal Housing Administration. It's pointed to as the great first iconic move in the New Deal by FDR to help subsidize mortgages. Isn't that great? FHA is still around today. All of this is in the book, by the way. You won't find it on the pages, the editorial pages of the Wall Street Journal. All of it is in the book, The Democrat Party Hakes America, the FHA. Except one problem under the New Deal Democrats and the FHA. Under Franklin Roosevelt, they refused to give any money to assist black Americans from getting mortgages in black communities, or even the communities around black communities. You know what they did, Mr. Producer? They had maps of these various cities. They took out a big red marker. This is where redlining comes from. From Franklin Roosevelt and the New Deal. Trump never did that. You may not like the way he talks, Peggy. 
You want to compare a president to Napoleon? It would be FDR. But maybe you don't know history, really. Franklin Roosevelt, at the height of the Holocaust, his State Department was peppered with these virulent anti-Semites who were very close friends to him. Even though Roosevelt had Jews in his cabinet, including his Treasury Secretary, when it came to immigration, there was one man you'll learn about at the State Department in particular who go, went way back with Roosevelt. They worked together in the Woodrow Wilson administration. Imagine that. Another Democrat racist. They worked together in the Navy Department. Wealthy man, big donor. He was very sympathetic to Hitler. And his barely literate book, Mein Kampf. But Roosevelt was impressed with his friend. He was a big donor. Put him over there at the State Department. Where he was in charge of what? Immigration. Back then, that's where it was. And it's very very interesting. You know, there was still immigration during World War II from all over the world. But there was a several-year period there where the Jews weren't immigrating to the United States. They wanted to. They were trying to escape Europe. But this pig in the Department of State wouldn't allow it. They didn't even meet their, their allowable numbers. He kept them out. Donald Trump never did anything like that, Peggy. Quite the contrary. We have the Abraham Accords and other enormous progress that was made. Amazing. And I go on and on in the book, and I can go on and on now. What about the, the conduct of Joe Kennedy Sr.? as ambassador from the United States to Britain. What about him? The Kennedy family. But what about him? They never discuss him. Why? They never discuss Margaret Sanger, Democrat. Why? No, it's Trump, you see. On the pages of the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal today, Trump's under attack and DeSantis is under attack. And Chris Christie is promoted. Talk about being blind to what the hell's going on around you and having no courage whatsoever to step out from behind your damn desks and help save this country. But when I was at this uh, this Fourth of July event, uh, a number of us here, and when a fellow, a fellow came up to me and he said, "You have to admit at least that Trump was a." president and boy did I I throw him for a loop with my double twisted back door upside down bending over backwards liner and he didn't know what to say he actually took a step back no he didn't take a step back probably grabbing some cocktails egomaniacs all I'll be right back Mark Lovin Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. 
What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Next hour, we're going to touch on a subject that is the third rail. In many ways, in conservatism. And that's this war that was started by Russia against Ukraine in cluster bombs. Cluster bombs, Mr. Bidus. You know what cluster bombs are? They're bombs that launch other little munitions. And it's being said tonight that cluster bombs are used by war criminals. It's an act. It's a war crime. If they're used. We want to talk about this next hour and who's committing what war crimes. But cluster bombs in and of themselves are not munitions for war crimes. If they're used against civilian populations, obviously that's a war crime. If they're used against enemy soldiers, it's not a war crime. There's only one of two countries in that war that would use cluster bombs against civilians. And that's Russia. And I have to say, I am truly appalled by the level of Putin's support. It's not Russia's, it's Putin's support among conservatives. Is it because Biden is supporting Ukraine and doing a very ineffective job of it, by the way? Doing a lousy job of it. Is that it? Is it really because of a long war complex? So we might as well just eliminate the United States military, I guess, or at least just put them on our borders. Should we not help Taiwan when they're going to need help? When they're attacked by China, should we not help Israel? When they need help with Iran, what are we going to do here? I'm just serious. Should we pull out of NATO? Sounds like Ron Paul all over again. Certainly not constitutional conservatism, it's extreme libertarianism, and quite frankly, left-wing Marxism. But I'll give you my piece next hour, you don't have to agree with me, because here we don't censor, do we? If they're books you don't like, just don't read them. Don't take them off the shelves, we're not target here. But I get a lot of the, the bots who come in, The Russians know to come into my sites, don't they, Mr. Producer? And they come in big. And yet poll after poll shows that the large majority of conservatives and Republicans want to help Ukraine. Because they haven't lost their morality. And they haven't lost their minds when it comes to national security. And good versus evil. And notice Donald Trump. Donald Trump talks about making a deal. Donald Trump talks about trying to figure out how to bring this to an end quickly. I'm all for it. But Donald Trump doesn't 
take the side of Vladimir Putin. That's the problem with too many people I hear and watch. That is insane. He's the one threatening our planes, our drones, and threatening us with nuclear missiles. Not Ukraine. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Oh my goodness, I apologize, America. Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox I hope you set your DVRs regardless, because sometimes, you know, you get involved in stuff you don't know, and you slap your head and say, oh, I need a V8. Now, that said, a killer opening statement is coming. I take aim like a laser beam at this prosecutor, at the Department of Justice. I provide evidence of misconduct. Lots of it. I have the great first guest, David Schoen, who was one of President Trump's impeachment lawyers. But this man is a brilliant constitutionalist, criminal defense lawyer. And our second guest will be the great Joey Jones, interviewed like only I can interview. It really is a blockbuster show. When we finished it, even the entire crew said, well, that's a hell of a show. Now, you might say, well, Mark, people don't always say that to me. And when I finished the show, I walked out and felt very, very proud of it. What do you mean you finished it? Yeah, we had to tape it today. It's a killer, killer show. I can tell you now. And my opening statement, I think, is uh, it's going to grab the attention, certainly the people of the Department of Injustice, I think as well as Republicans on Capitol Hill, especially in the House. You're going to see things and hear things you have not before. And I haven't even mentioned them on radio because (coughs) sometimes there are things that you can't do on radio. It's been a hell of a week, and I want to thank all you folks. The Democrat Party does hate America. And we overcame a little bump in the road, thanks to you. Uh, The pre-order sales are brisk. The retailers, 
certainly the large ones, appear to all be in. There will be pushback. We never did hear from our lady friend, did we, Mr. Producer, at the Daily Bestiality? She didn't... (laughs) She didn't write her piece. I apologize for this. uh, I know it's annoying. Choking for breath always is. Uh, We didn't hear from the Daily Bestiality. I mean, what are they going to say? But we were ready for more. And... um, well, keep an eye on this. We know these pressure groups are out there, these, these little groups of Stalinists who hate free speech, and capitalism for that matter. But I hope that those of you who are really interested in getting the book, get the book. Do your pre-orders at Amazon.com as the discount gets bigger. Um, they ensure, I am told, that you will get that. So as the price changes and benefits you, it's supposed to benefit you. But I'm very, very proud of you, and I want to thank you. There was no organized boycott here. It's called freedom. Freedom. We'll do this as we need to. And this being me just communicating with you. But all this aside... Target aside, the cover aside, it's what's in the book, what's between the front and the back cover that matters. And I am chomping at the bit to discuss this with you. I'm chomping at the bit to get this into your hands, for you to read it, to get your reaction. I think you're going to find this to be, as I feel it is, something that's quite different than anything you've ever read in terms of its comprehensiveness, in terms of the facts and the substance and the details, the manner in which it's written. I've given it sort of a novel approach, N-O-V-E-L. I don't mean novel in terms of rare. I mean in book novel. To try and have it flow right through 100,000 words to the end. I think the enemy in this country... The Democrat Party and surrogates, they're the enemy. They're not the adversary. They're not the opposition. They are the enemy. I'm not dividing the nation. They're destroying it. Bipartisanship in support of destroying your own country is insanity. How come they're never bipartisan on our core issues, on our principal issues? They're burning down the Constitution. They're burning down the Supreme Court. They've burned down the Department of Justice. They're burning down the Congress, giving all the power to the administrative state to create laws. They burned down our immigration laws. They burned down our classrooms. Of course, figuratively, we got it in the classrooms. They're burning down our economy. And we should do this in a bipartisan way? Count me out. But this is the first book that exclusively looks at the history, looks at the issue of words and language, not just the policies, but what drives them, and ties them all together, really for the first time.
And they fear the cover of the book? They fear the cover of the book, Mr. Producer. They don't fear the cover of the book. They fear what's in the book. They're worried about what's in the book. I'm not the Wall Street Journal editorial page. I'm not a PR person for a Republican member of Congress. I don't have ghostwriters and ghost researchers. I'm not a grifter who just does these things for money. 16 months, morning, noon, and night, weekends. No vacation other than two weeks around Christmas. It's a hell of a way to earn a nickel. It's not what it's about. I want as many people as possible to read this book. And if that means your book is circulated to 10 people you know, that's fine by me. That is fine by me. I doubt you're going to find this book in the libraries in America. Only pornography, not this book. Oh, the title. The title. Can you imagine in the United States of America? Where we embrace free speech? Where every piece of crap book with every kind of vile title and headline? Curse words? Sexual images? But don't challenge the Democrat Party. Enough of that. That needs to be part of our discussion. It needs to be part of everybody's discussion. No longer, no longer do we give them the benefit of the doubt. No longer, when we speak about tyranny, do we exclude the Democrat Party. No longer, when we talk about racism and Marxism, which are the core beliefs of the Democrat Party, are we afraid to mention the Democrat Party? just as we're no longer afraid to use the word Marxism, thanks to you and American Marxism. We do not have to surrender the culture to these people. We do not have to surrender our language to these people. We do not have to surrender our thinking processes to these people. We don't have to surrender a damn thing to these people, not one inch. The problem is we have, not you and me. But the Republicans, the great Republicans, and others who are not even associated with the Republican Party, they're scared. Or worse, they don't care. And so they attack you and me. They attacked Trump today. They attacked the Tea Party yesterday. Remember? They attacked DeSantis. They'll attack everyone and anyone. And I'm talking about the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal attacked the Tea Party. You remember that, Mr. Producer? Relentlessly. Any grassroots movement that challenges, really challenges, the forces of evil, top-down ruling class evil in this country that play an inside opaque game. You see what happens. When you come too close to that rail... They burn you. Well, too damn bad. 
I'm the biggest conservative author in America, not because I say so, not because I pat myself on the head, because of you. You, not me, you. That's what they're afraid of. And the worst of it's yet to come. This is nothing. This is a pimple on an elephant's ass. I'm just being honest with you. And I will be ready. Will you be ready? The battle for America. And I don't mean violence and ammunition. The battle for the heart and soul of this country. The pushback. Begins on September 19th. We've got disparate efforts, wonderful groups, great patriots out there really working hard. I'm all for it. And I acknowledge them. And God bless them. This will be really the first historical, factual, and intellectual attack on the Democrat Party as an institution. In other words, no more defense. You'll have everything you need and a hundred times more. It won't be complicated, but the brutal truth will be in there. They won't know how to respond to a hundred thousand words of condemnation. They won't. So they'll just do what they normally do. Character assassination, smear attacks, this isn't scholar, doesn't matter. This isn't written for them, it's written for you. If I wanted to write a book that would appeal to all sides and make an enormous amount of sales, an enormous amount of money for the publisher, do you think I would call it the Democrat Party Hates America, Mr. Producer? Of course not. That's so intemperate, so provocative. No, it's not. It's the truth. And if we're going to get out of this, and I'm telling you right now, it's not even 50-50. It's 40-60 in their favor. And it gets worse every year. If we're going to get out of this, we better at least have the courage to speak the truth to one another and to others who are at least open to understanding what's happening to their families, to their lives, to their liberty, to their country. And you know people like this, who are not of the hard Marxist left, who are not marching, synchronized marching with shiny boots behind Democrat Party leaders. We need to get to those people too. And my goal here is to give you something to get to them with. I'm no Thomas Paine. I'm no Paul Revere. I'm here behind a microphone. These were truly brave men in the middle of a revolution. But the written word has an impact. Revolutions and counter-revolutions have been started over ideas. Look at Marx. He never lifted his finger in battle. 
Never lifted his finger in battle. I'm not brave that way, like the Joey Joneses of the world or the Pete Hegseths, or my father, my grandfathers, my great uncles. I do things my way. I don't know if it's in my DNA, but you know what I'm talking about. We're all built differently, uniquely. But we're at the precipice here, and we are in the abyss. The question is whether we can claw out of the abyss. Do you ever ask yourselves, be honest, think to yourself or ask your spouse or a friend, you ever say, I'm scared to death for the future of my children and my grandchildren. I don't know what the hell this country is going to look like when we're gone and they're here at our age. Do you ever say that to yourself, Mr. Producer? We all do. Now is not the time to self-censor. Now is not the time to cower. Now is the time to be strong and confident, to be informed. And to lay the blame exactly where it belongs. My fantasy is that in my lifetime, the Democrat Party will be nearly irrelevant. It'll be crushed by the people. It'll be obliterated by the people. It will be a party of old. That we will wash our hands of that party as a nation. Because that party's behind every stinking, negative, abusive thing that's ever happened in this country. Don't believe me? I'll prove it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm going to play audio for you of a video that was released today that is, that'll knock your socks off. Your jaw will drop. This is not hyperbole. A gentleman by the name of Gal Luft, G-A-L-L-U-F-T. As the New York Post points out, the drip, drip, drip of evidence detailing the Biden family criminal enterprise has turned into a torrent. Into a torrent. This is from the editorial board. The sudden quiet from our most strident democracy defenders, quote unquote, has grown deafening. Case in point, the silence around revelations contained in a video exclusively obtained by the New York Post. You know, I got to give the New York Post all the kudos in the world. And they're fantastic uh, writers. They've just been great. Absolutely at the head of the spear here. Obtained by the Post from Gal Luft, a key would-be witness on Biden family corruption. Luft alleges that he provided evidence of Biden family misdeeds to the FBI in 2019. Claims, too, that his own 2023 arrest was meant to stop him from testifying before the House Oversight Committee. That Joe Biden, along with Hunter, met with representatives of the Chinese government-linked energy conglomerate. That that conglomerate was paying huge sums to Hunter and his uncle each month in exchange for use of the family name and promoting Chinese interests. That Hunter had a pet mole within the FBI who provided tip-offs to this communist Chinese company. And more. 
I'm going to play you the audio when we return. Ever notice how you come across somebody once in a while that you shouldn't have messed with? That's Mark. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. Actually, that's you. Please set your DVRs if you can't watch a live. Set them anyway. 8 p.m. Sunday night, Eastern Time. I'm telling you, you're going to love this show. It's so important. It really is. And uh, the con- contribution by the guests is incredible. Gal Luff, G-A-L, first name L-U-F-T. He issues this video today. I will play some audio exclusively with the New York Post. He's now in Israel. I want you to listen to this man, what he has to say. Cut 11, go. For the past 15 years, I've been a resident of Israel. And for four years, I was senior advisor to the China energy company CFC at the same time of its dealings with the Biden family. Under normal circumstances, I would be testifying before Congress about my experience with CFC. Sadly, due to circumstances I shall describe here in this video, uh, I am forced to tell you this story via video. My ordeal goes back to uh, a fatal decision I made in March of 2019 to share with the U.S. government my knowledge about the Biden family's relations with CFC. As I said, it was in March of 2019 in a two-day session at the U.S. Embassy in Brussels. I insisted that the meeting take place in March because at the time there were rumors that Joe Biden was planning to run for president. I saw it as my civic duty to alert the government beforehand and give it enough time to probe the issue. I want to be clear. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I have no political motive or agenda. I did it out of deep concern that if the Bidens were to come to power, the country would be facing the same traumatic Russia collusion scandal, only this time with China. Sadly, because of the DOJ's uh, cover-up, this is exactly what happened. Next. Over an intensive two-day meeting, um, I shared my information about the Biden family's financial transactions with CFC, including specific dollar figures. I also provided the name of Rob Walker, who later became known as Hunter Biden's bagman. Uh, Yet, as we now know today from the whistleblower testimony, uh, Gary Shapley, it took the DOJ a whole 21 months to probe the issue and to actually talk to Walker. But perhaps the most alarming information I revealed was of a mole within the DOJ who shared classified information with Hunter Biden and his Chinese partners. I told the DOJ that Hunter was closely associated with a very senior retired FBI official who had distinct physical characteristic. He had one eye. One of the FBI agents at the time even told me You know, that would be very easy for us to find. There aren't that many one-eyed people in the Bureau. 
The information I provided the FBI in March of 2019 was fully corroborated nine months later when the famous laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, which contained all the emails and receipts, was handed to the FBI. And guess who seized the laptop from the computer repair shop? It was Special Agent Joshua Wilson, who was with me in Brussels earlier. In other words, the FBI knew about, uh, from me, about the Biden CFC deals before they got hold of the laptop, way before. They had enough time to investigate the issue, but they didn't. Next. After Brussels, I never heard back from the DOJ, but instead of showing appreciation for my whistleblowing, I became public enemy number one. Over the past four years that followed, me, my family, my friends, my associates, we were all harassed, intimidated, and finally, I was prosecuted. Despite all that, on the eve of the 2020 elections, I sent my lawyer to Washington to meet with then acting Deputy Attorney General, Mr. Richard Donahue, to ensure he was informed about the information I had given his department in Brussels 19 months earlier. And also to warn him that there may still be a mole within the DOJ. Mr. Donahue confirmed to my lawyer that he was aware of my claims, but now we learn from the IRS whistleblower that it was Rich Donahue himself who suspended the investigation a few weeks earlier on September 4th, 2020, on the grounds that it was, quote, too close to the elections. Finally, in February this year, I was arrested in Cyprus on an extradition request from the Southern District of New York, the very same office that met with me uh, in Brussels. The seven-count indictment said I violated the export, uh, Arms Export Control Act, and if I convicted, I would face up to 100 years in prison. While I was detained in Cyprus, I was portrayed in the international media as an arms dealer, even though I never traded a bullet in my entire life. In fact, nowhere in my indictment, the DOJ claimed or presented evidence that I bought, sold, shipped, or financed any weapons. Lastly, go. I, who volunteered to inform the U.S. government about potential security breach and about compromising information about a man vying to be the next president. I'm now being hunted by the very same people whom I informed and may have to live on the run for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I warned the government about potential risk to the integrity of the 2020 elections. If convicted by a U.S. court, would never be able to vote again in the U.S. elections. Just think about it and ask yourself, Who's the real criminal in this story? Now, the great Miranda Devine, if we had a real media in this country, she would have gotten a Pulitzer Prize some time ago. She writes about this in the New York Post, too. This is the missing witness. The missing witness from the Biden corruption investigation. This this gentleman is Israeli professor, Dr. Gall Luft. He's laid out his bribery allegations against the president's family in this extraordinary video. 
filmed in an undisclosed location while he's on the run. He's on the run from the Biden administration. From the Democrat Party. And in the 14-minute recording you heard the guts of it, obtained exclusively by the Post, the fugitive former Israeli army officer claims he was arrested in Cyprus to stop him from testifying to the House Oversight Committee that the Biden family received payments from individuals with alleged ties to the communist Chinese military intelligence and that they had an FBI mole who shared classified information with their benefactors from the China-controlled energy company CEFC. You know, they had to concoct this whole Russia collusion thing. You have to be Helen Keller, not to see and hear and all the rest of it, when it comes to the connection between the Biden family and this communist regime and how they have bought them off. The self-proclaimed fall guy says he provided the incriminating evidence to six officials from the FBI and the Department of Justice at a secret meeting in Brussels in March 2019, but alleges it was covered up. He said, I, who volunteered to inform the U.S. government of a potential security breach and about compromising information about a man vying to be the next president, am now being hunted by the very same people who I informed. In other words, he meets with these people, they go back, and then they start hunting him down. You heard what he said. He's put his face out there, his name out there, his voice out there. And this is a very courageous man. Said, I warned the government, our government, potential risk to the integrity of the 2020 elections. Ask yourself, who's the real criminal in this story? The House Oversight Chairman... Republican James Comer, who was preparing to interview Luft before Luft disappeared, says the Israeli remains a potential witness of the Biden family probe despite his fugitive status. Of course, they can always take his testimony, you know, over a computer. Um, this guy obviously is not going quietly, as Miranda writes, into the sunset. He is determined to tell the American public as she writes, his version of the truth. Now, question to the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, the Constipated News Network, and MSLSD. Don't you think you should at least interview the man and try and follow up and see what's going on? <laughs> Excuse me, cholera. But they won't. Because the media are not the free press. They're the state press. The Democrat Party is not a political party per se. It is the state party. The state party. The state press. The administrative state. It's all owned, effectively, by the Democrat Party. And there's no way in hell they're going to let Joe Biden get chopped up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. there brother oh well, let's start the DeSantis ad this is a big deal ad with with his wife go enough is enough when you come after our kids we fight back 
because there's nothing we won't do to protect our children. They're not yours. These are our kids. Our nation's children are all our children. We will not allow you to exploit their innocence to advance your agenda. We are no longer silent. We are united. And we have finally found our fighter. Winning the fight in Florida is just the beginning. We must protect parents' rights and the innocence of our children. We must restore sanity in our society. We need every mama and every grandmama in every corner of the country to stand up and fight back by electing Ron DeSantis President of the United States of America. We go to America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
Well, my brothers and sisters, please don't forget Sunday's big show, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. West Coast, 7 p.m. Central. Please set your DVRs right now. It's very, very important program. Don't forget, please go to Amazon.com. Get your pre-orders. We really got to hit the ground running and keep this momentum going. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Smokey and Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, my Barney. Good night, Patton and Rory and Marty. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. Good night, my beautiful wife. Get better, sweetie. See you next week. <laughs> 